Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in. I know God has blessed you. God has sustained you. He has preserved you. And uh, I know the good Lord is together with you. Thank you so much for joining us today for our virtual service. Today we want to talk and remind ourselves of what we are calling the love walk. The love walk. It's a very simple teaching that I believe the Holy Spirit will want us to uh, share today and to be reminded as new creation in Him. I will begin by reading the scripture in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5 from verse number 1. Ephesians 5 from verse number 1. The Apostle Paul writes and says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He says, be imitators of God. Another version, I believe the New King James says, be uh, imitators of God. This one says, be followers of God as dear children. And he says, walk in love. How do you imitate your father in, in heaven? You imitate your father in heaven by walking in love, by being a conduit of his love. And he shows us that walking in love is just the same as how Christ loved us, walked in love despite our shortcomings. And so we are meant to walk in love in our Christian walk. The root word translated walk in the scripture that you have read means to be occupied with. It means to make one's progress. It means to make one's way. It means to use opportunities. In other words, the Bible is saying when it's, it's talking to us and walking in love, it means to be occupied with love, to make your progress through love. It means to use every opportunity to walk in love, to, to, to show love. Amen. I love the amplified rendering. It says, therefore be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example. Copy him and follow his example. As well, beloved children, imitate their father and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a slain offering and a sacrifice to God for you so that it, become, it became a sweet fragrance. In other words, when you are walking in love, we are actually a sweet fragrance in the sight of the Lord. I pray that we will be able to understand what the love walk is all about. I will read this scripture and then we get to the gist of today's sermon. 1 John chapter number 4 from verse number 7, the Message Bible says, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. So we see the origin of the love that we are talking about comes from God. I know in the Bible there are different types of love, but for today allow me to talk about the God kind of love, the agape love. So here we are seeing that love comes from God. So we can say God is love or love is God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you cannot know him if you don't love. In other words, there are people that are walking about life. They think they know Christ. They think they know God. But yet the scripture tells us, if you don't walk in love, you actually don't know God. This is how God showed his, his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God but that he loved us and sent his son 
as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they have done to our relationship with God. In other words, from here, before we can even go further, we see that the love of God is self-sacrificing. The love of God sacrifices. The love of God does not think about itself. It thinks about others. That's what God did through his son. It took a sacrifice of his son to show how much he loves you and I. And when God tells us to walk in love, he has already put the, the necessary uh, things in place for you and I to walk in love. You can walk in love. Repeat after me, I can walk in love. Yes, you can walk in love. You have the propensity, you have the capacity to walk in love. Now, I will ask you this question. How quick are you to forgive? How quick are you to forget? See, there are people who say, I can forgive, but I am not sure I can forget. Now, imagine God himself in the balcony of heaven saying that I can forgive you, but I cannot forget what you did. Now, if my Father in heaven does not keep a record of wrongs, because love does not keep a record of wrongs, how much more you and I? We, we are supposed to be quick to forgive and quick to forget. Can I hear an amen? And I pray that as we are studying, that God will begin by his Spirit to shed light in who you are supposed to forgive, who you are su uh, supposed to reach out and show love towards in Jesus' name. Now, in this world, Offenses and bitterness will always come in your journey of life. But never forget, the best response is love. Luke 17, verse number 1, our Lord Jesus Christ says, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offense should come. The God that says with men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible, is telling us that in this world it is impossible for you to live a life without being offended. You'll be offended by a pastor, You'll be offended by a parent, by a colleague, by a brother, a sister. You will always be offended. Let me digress a little bit from my teaching and remind you of the story of uh, Noah going to the ark together with the animals. They were going two by two, both male and female. So in that ark, there were lions, there were giraffes, there were elephants, all manner of animals. Now, can you imagine how stinky it was? In that ark it was unbearable but because they were in one unity they had to bear one another in other words it doesn't matter what is happening when you're around people you can bear your brother you can you can be kind to your brother it doesn't we are all in an ark called Jesus and in this ark called Jesus we have different temperaments we have different understandings we have different thought life but you can bear one another as we are going to be looking at, you will see that love bears all things. And that is the God kind of love. The Bible reminds us also in Romans 5, from verse number 5, the Amplified Version, Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has come with buckets of love from God the Father and has poured that uh, that love into your heart, into your spirit man. So you don't have 2% of God's love. You don't have 90% of God's love. You have 100% of God's love. And let me tell you what I've learned in my short time uh, as a preacher of the gospel. You can only change people by showing them the love of Christ. 
become a love conduit in Jesus' mighty name. Therefore, when God has told us to imitate him, to walk in love, we have seen that the Spirit of God has poured his love, the love of the Father, into our hearts. We have seen that in this world we will be offended and the response to offense is to love. Then what are we supposed to do? We must now respond to the word of God. You must now do the word of God. The Bible says in the Old Testament, if you're willing, Isaiah, if you're willing and obedient, if you're willing and obedient. In the Old Testament, they were told to obey the word. In the New Testament, we are just meant to do the word because you already have the nature of God that can respond to his word, can respond to his precepts. So you not only read the word of God, you actually do the word of God. Your doing is actually obeying the word. James 1.22, the message Bible says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but uh, anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other ear. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they are, and what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, which today is the love walk, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted, scatterbrained, but a man or a woman of action. In other words, in the New Testament, when I walk in love, that's an action God is seeing. He says, I am now practicing the word. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. God expects me and you to walk in love. It may not be easy, but you can walk in love. You may not feel like it, but we don't go with feelings. We go with what the word of God is saying. Now, Ephesians 4, verse number 32 says, And be kind one to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You must endeavor to be kind. Become the bigger person each and every single day. Be kind-hearted to one another. Be tender-hearted to one another. If we can practice the love work, we will have less divorce. We will have less suicidal thoughts. We will have less of every other thing. Matter of fact, let me even shock you. You see, in the Old Testament, we had the Ten uh, Commandments. The Ten Commandments in the New Testament have been summed up to love. In other words, if you love your brother, if you love your sister, you will not bear false witness. You will not be covetous. See, all the Ten Commandments have been replaced with one commandment called love. And I pray that you will be kind to one another. You will be tender-hearted to one another. Matter of fact also, I say, you can never be effective with the gifts of the Holy Spirit without love. The level of maturity in the eyes of God is not how much doctrine you know. It's not how many hours you can pray, how long you can fast, is how far you can walk in love. God is expecting me and you to walk in love. It is possible. Let me show you something that connects prayer and your walk of love. Mark 11, 22. Mark 11, 22. The Bible says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Do you have faith? I have faith in God. 
For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which, shall, uh, which he has said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. That's powerful. But I have noted that we get to read that scripture till that part. Now we know we will pray for our desire. We know when we pray, we must believe and we shall receive what you have believed. But catch what the scripture is saying in the next verse. It says in verse number 25, And when you stand praying that desire, that thing that you need, forgive. The word and there is a conjunction. It means that statement on verse 25, for verse 23 is also connected with verse number 25. In other words, you will not have much fruit in your prayer life if you don't forgive. This in Bible says, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespass. Alright. Allow me to read. The amplified version of the same rendering, Jesus replied saying to them, Have faith in God constantly. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in, uh, at all in his heart, but believes that what, what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason I'm telling you, whoever you ask for in prayer, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it will be granted to you and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. This is the Bible speaking. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive your own fallings and shortcomings and let them drop. In other words, if I am going to pray, no matter who has messed or offended me, it is my duty personally to forgive them before they can even reach out to me. I will forgive them. I will uh, consider them as children of God so that when I go to pray, my heart is clear. I have a pure conscience. I know that people have been praying a lot in the last two years, last year and this year. But could it be that your prayers are not being answered because you're not forgiving people? Could it be that your prayers are not being answered because you're bitter? You're offended. Matter of fact, you're offended with somebody who doesn't even know that, that they, are, they offended you. You're bitter about a situation, and that situation actually, if you had looked at it in the eyes of Jesus, it was not even a non-issue. It was just a non-issue. May we learn the art of forgiving. You want to live long in this life? Forgive. There are certain diseases that people are in right now, and the only thing they need to do is just to forgive. Forgive that pastor. Forgive that spouse. Forgive your husband. Forgive your wife. Forgive your children. And begin to see the supernatural hand of God working on your life. When you don't forgive, you're actually empowering the kingdom of darkness. When you don't forgive, when you're bitter, when you're, when you're not walking in love, you're actually walking in hatred. You're actually at, at the devil's conduit. And I pray we'll get to understand this in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Do you have faith? Your faith will only work 
based on love. If you walk in love, faith is automatic. If you walk in love, faith is automatic. So could it be that you've been praying, but you're not walking in love? Why do you need that miracle? Why do you need that blessing? Why do you need God to move you from one glory to another? Is it because of you, yourself, and you? That will never work. Walk in love. Reach out to somebody in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus spoke again in Matthew 5, verse number 43. Matthew 5, verse number 43, the Message Bible. You are familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. That was in the Old Testament. And then Jesus is saying, I am challenging that. I am telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. So in other words, Jesus gave us the, 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 the formula when somebody is hard on you. He says, when someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. When somebody gives you a hard time, pray for them. Wow, this is a hard gospel, but you have to pray for them. It is in the Bible. For then you are working out your true self. He says your true self is when you pray for somebody that is giving you a hard time. And let me add, you don't pray for them to die. That is not the character of God. It's not consistent with God. If you're praying for your enemies to die, chances are you're someone's enemy also. So they could also be praying for you. But if you look at it from the eyes of the New Testament, that I don't have enemies. My enemy is the devil and he can use people. So I am fighting the devil. I'm not fighting my brother. I am praying that the stronghold of the devil can, 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 can release my brother or my sister. That's the New Testament prayer. And then you pray, Lord, reach out to my brother. Reach out to my sister. He says, for then you're working out your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovables, do you expect a bonus? It's the Bible. Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Is Jesus asking. Any run of the mill sinner, does that. In, in a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Hey, Jesus, you're very difficult here. In other words, when you're, when you're, not, when you're not walking in love, you are not, you're a baby. You're a children. He says, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Ah, this is, this is blessing my heart. Grow up. Your kingdom subjects. In other words, how do we know you're a kingdom subject? You walk in love. He says, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others, the way God lives towards you. Again, he says in Luke 6, 27, the Message Bible, Luke 6, 27, to you who are ready for the truth, are you ready for the truth? All right. To you who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. 
Hey, if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. So Jesus knew people will take unfair advantage of his children. But he says, use that occasion that you're being untreated, you're being treated unjustly. Use that occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. Here is the simple truth, verse number 31. Here is the simple rule of, of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovables, do you expect a pat on the back? Run of the mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a, a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of the pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You will never, I promise, you will never regret it. This is Jesus speaking. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us. Generously, graciously. Even when we are at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same, treat same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang back. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessings. Giving not getting is the way generosity begets generosity. Now, there's a certain lawyer that came and, 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 and met Jesus and asked him a question in Luke 10, verse 25. He comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus, and he says, Teacher, what shall I do? Luke 10, 25. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Verse 29. But he wanting to justify himself, Say to Jesus, who is my neighbor? So we want to understand who is our neighbor. Because there are people who are doing the first part. They love God with their hearts, their mind, their soul and everything. But this part of you shall love your neighbor, they are wondering who is my neighbor. So Jesus is going to answer here, who is my neighbor? Verse number 30. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road. Now, let me slow down. It is possible that this man was a good Samaritan, because this is a good Samaritan story. So it's possible that this person that was injured was a Jew. It is possible. So we are seeing that he's wounded, he has been stripped of his clothing, he, uh, and, and the thieves have left him half dead. And now verse 31 says, now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. This is a man of God. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came when he, where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. 
So he went to him, bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own way, uh, brought him to an inn, took care of him, and on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, whatever more you spend, when I come, I will repay. So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Now, the story, the, 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 the story behind this, we know it's the Good Samaritan story, but why would Jesus use it? If you do a study, you realize that Jews and Samaritans had beef. They were hostile to one another. So it is possible this man was a Jew. Now, the first person, the priest, did not do anything. The Levite did not do anything. But a Samaritan coming to help, that is way, way out of what the Jews and the Samaritans used to relate. So Jesus is using this story to show us that love can transcend and go down to the lowest pits just to help. All right. I have post. You have told me to post. All right. So in this story, we get to understand that the Jews and the Samaritans were not good friends. So Jesus is using this parable to show us the gravity of what love can do. In other words, love can go to the deepest pit, to places that normally you can't go, but because of the love, the love of Christ, you can reach out. And my prayer is that we will become like the good Samaritan. He took him to an inn, paid for him to be, uh, to be sorted out, and they did not know each other. And he said, whatever he's going to use, when I come back, I'm going to pay. I want to walk in such love. I want to be an example of the love of God. The Lord also said in, uh, uh, in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples. In other words, Jesus is saying, the sign that you are my disciple is not because you are laying hands. It's not because you are healing people. It's not because you are doing mega ministry. It's because you are showing my love. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples because you love one another. Where there is love, there is unity. Where there is love, there is bearing one another. He again says in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And what is the commandment? It has been answered in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. So if you love me, Keep loving people. Keep walking in the walk of love. John 15, 13, the Amplified Version says, No one has greater love. No one has shown greater uh, and stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. Again, we see the love of God is sacrificial. It's sacrificial. Galatians 5, 13, it says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serving one another. In other words, given the choice of using my liberty or walking in love, God will have me and you walk in love than use your liberty. Now, does the epistles 
instruct us to love to walk in love so much there's so much in the episodes that talk about love i want to show you a couple of them let's begin with romans 12 verse number 9 the message bible romans 12 verse number 9 bible says love from the center of who you are don't fake it run for dear life from evil hold for dear life to good be good friends who love deeply practice playing second fiddle practice playing second fiddle in other words this is how we are meant to be in the new testament if i get into a matatu and there there there's only one seat and we 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 it's me and you and it's one seat we should be arguing uh in the terms of you seat then you tell me you seat then i tell you you seat that's playing second fiddle it doesn't consider itself first it considers itself second fiddle what will happen as a husband if you played a second fiddle what will happen you wife if you played a second fiddle what will happen you leader you politician if you played second fiddle now look at romans 12 verse number 11 it says bless those who persecute you again apostle paul is telling us in this world you will be persecuted but he's saying bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse it has repeated again bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep be of the same mind towards one another in other words i should think of you highly you should think of me highly rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep be of the same mind towards one another do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble do not be wise in your own opinion repay no evil for evil have regard for good things in the sight of all men and then he says if it is possible as much as depends with you live peaceably with all men so it doesn't depend on the other person you are the bigger man as much this is the bible verse number 18 of romans 12 it says if it is possible as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men verse 19 beloved do not avenge yourself but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay so in the old testament they thought that when me and you if we were in the old testament we had beef we had offenses and so on and so forth that i would call upon the wrath of god and you will be sorted out but in the new testament the bible shows us what is vengeance to god what is uh uh what is vengeance according what is what is wrath how god pays wrath to human beings he says in verse 19 beloved do not avenge yourself but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord so how does god repay therefore if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him a drink for in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head so god in the new testament will not answer the prayer of killing a witch of killing your enemy God in the New Testament his vengeance is love powerful if God is going to repay 
for you concerning their neighbor, your neighbors. He's paying through love. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will reap coals of fire on his head. Then he says in verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May God help us in Jesus' name. Verse 17 of the same scripture in the Message Bible says, Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. Oh, I see beauty in you. He says, If you've got it in you, get along with everyone. <laughs> wow. Alright, so in Romans 12, verse number 14, let me repeat it again. The message Bible it says, Bless your enemy, no cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they are happy. Share tears when they are down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great some, somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you have got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I will take care of it. Our scriptures tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best out of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. So, again, the Apostle Paul reminds us in uh, Romans 13, verse number 8, the Message Bible, Don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love. In other words, in, in God, the only debt you should have is the debt of love you owe to each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse, don't take someone's life, don't take what isn't yours, don't always be wanting what you don't have, and any other don'ts you can think of finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add everything in the law code, the sum total is love. Now notice something in Galatians 5.22, Galatians 5.22, the Amplified Version. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within us accomplishes, is love. I've ever asked myself, why is it that it did not begin with patience or peace or kindness or gentleness, it began with love, is because love is the key to joy, is the key to peace, is the key to kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and every other fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you can never experience joy if love is not in the picture. There is no peace if love is not in the picture. There is no gentleness if love is not in the picture. So love is the yardstick that helps us to activate and manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Love is everything for the new man in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4.9 says, But concerning brotherly love for all other Christians, you have no need to have anyone write to you. 
For you yourself have been personally taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you already are extending and displaying your love to all the brethren throughout Macedonia. But we beseech and earnestly exhort you, brethren, that you excel in this matter of love. Love is very important to God. Now, I will finish with 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 1. We call it the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 1. The Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have no love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, but not love, it profits me nothing. Let me read it from uh, the Message Bible. It says, love never gives up. You should never give up on people. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep scores of the sins of others, doesn't reveal when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything. Can you put up with any person? Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. Let me read another uh, translation. I believe this is the Amplified. It says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious does not display itself hotly. It is not conceited, arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude and mannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, the God love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It, it hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fades, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to the end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting and uh, the divine will and purpose, it will, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away, it will lose its value and be superseded by truth. And then verse number 13, it says, And so faith, hope, love abide. Faith, conviction and belief, respecting man's relation to God and divine things, Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection for God 
and man growing out of God's love for us. These three, but the greatest of them is love. So my prayer for us is that we will go back to walking in love. If we are going to amount to anything, if we are going to be called that we are, that we are growing spiritually and we are maturing in Christ, the yardstick is love. God bless you.